We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by Chris Benzine. If you're out there on Twitter, please give Chris a follow at Crispy272002. You can follow me at Jakeski52. Chris, to get things going here, first and foremost, uh, this podcast used to be baseball, but of course it's football season now. We were off on Labor Day. But uh, from here on out, we're going to be discussing DFS football options here on FanDuel. And Mondays are going to be dedicated across the board to the quarterback position. We're going to analyze the tiers, analyze the matchup. We'll comment on the Thursday night game. We'll uh, we'll do everything we can to get you ready to pick a DFS quarterback, presenting you all options, all angles, everything we can do to help you get a winner, Chris. But let's look back to Week 1 DFS. Who is your best Week 1 quarterback DFS performer? Uh, yeah, my top... DFS performer of the week, and I'm really glad I went with him, was uh, Drew Brees. I paired him with a little Willie Sneed, the cheaper of the two Saints receivers. He did, uh, Brandon Cooks did outperform him a little bit in that game, mm-hmm. but Willie Sneed was a lot cheaper, so I think the value was actually probably a little better for Sneed on the day. Sneed was about 6400 I want to say. Which is pretty cheap for a FanDuel receiver. Yes. I mean, actually, Snead outperformed Cooks in terms of NAR. I mean, Cooks had two touchdowns. That was the yep, big thing. That was but Snead had more catches, three more catches, and 29 more yards despite having the same amount of targets. Yeah. But, yeah, Drew Brees overall an excellent choice. 
Yes, yeah, I, I was definitely pleased with it. It's helped me uh, cash in a couple of my lineups, and I, mm-hmm. I definitely liked it. Yeah, I, I unfortunately didn't get any Breeze or Jameis. Those guys are, Jameis at least, was limited to my season long. Uh, my best lineup which I'm sitting at about 140 points going into Monday night. Uh, I did use Der- Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. Uh, they got the points they needed, but it wasn't necessarily all Carr throwing touchdowns. Either way, though, I'm pretty excited about Carr the rest of the way out here. I did have a share of Rodgers who had two throwing and one rushing touchdown. That was fine. And then the rest of mine were, I, I fell into the Dak Prescott trap, but uh, fortunately also fell into the Spencer Ware trap in most lineups, so those tended to even each other out for me quite a bit. All right, Chris, we're going to get a rare opportunity this week here to discuss uh, the Monday-only slates because there are two games uh, tonight, and it's going to feature here, we've got the uh, Steelers and the Redskins, which will be Kirk Cousins against Ben Roethlisberger. And we also have a matchup here between the Rams and the 49ers, of course, Blaine Gabbert, the starting quarterback, for for the 49ers, and then we've got uh, Case Keenum here starting for the Rams. And this is interesting because FanDuel salaries don't necessarily have it lined up that way. Roethlisberger Cousins, 1-2. Roethlisberger, 8,500. Cousins, 7,800. Then we actually have Jared Goff ahead of Case Keenum. Goff, 6,800. Keenum, 6,000. And then uh, Gabbard is actually $300 cheaper than Colin Kaepernick, despite Blaine Gabbard getting the start here. Uh, I mean, is this a situation where you want to just play it safe and go Ben Roethlisberger? Or can you make a case possibly for, for Case Keenum because he's so cheap, uh, maybe because you don't quite have the prices right? I could see making a case for Case in this make uh a case for Case. Make a case for Case in this game. Uh, the only issue with that is there is a limited like uh, limited pool of players to supplement it with. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going to be able to grab some huge receiving Options you have Antonio Brown on the board, but you probably can afford Antonio Brown at ninety three hundred in this game. Mm-hmm. When going down to sixty six hundred is the next the next cheapest option sixty six hundred with Sean Jackson. So if you're going to go down in quarterbacks, sometimes you want to do that to be able to pick up some better um, some better receivers, some better running backs, some better other positions. But in this game, I I, I could see Keenum giving you some value, but I don't know if there's enough to outweigh grabbing either Kirk Cousins, who has been good at home last year, last couple years, or Ben Roethlisberger. Unfortunately for Ben Roethlisberger, he does have some of his weapons down in this game. He doesn't have the Darius Green. He won't have Marcus Wheaton. Uh, of course, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. Yep, yep. Not so, going to be a factor. D'Angelo Williams, I think, yeah. is going to end up being uh, one of the better value plays here. We're going to try to limit it to quarterback talk today because that's what the show's all about here. But D'Angelo yeah. Williams, seventy one hundred, is probably going to be owned pretty highly here this evening. And, and yeah, I agree. I think Ben Roethlisberger. If you're in a cash game, he, Ben Roethlisberger is really the play here. I mean, if you're in a cash game, you got to pick between Roethlisberger and Cousins. The other two guys, Gabbard. I, I wouldn't touch Gabbard in any format really, especially against a tough Rams defense. And I mean, come on, it's Blaine Gabbard. Uh, I mean, (laughs) I know I should have better rationale than that, but really, I mean, Blaine Gabbard, I'd rather take the lower-priced option, Case Keenum, roll the dice here and see what happens, even though St. Louis's receiving options aren't really all that attractive. They're going to be more centered on Todd Gurley this evening here. So I think your cash game, to win in a cash game tonight, you have to make the right choice between Roethlisberger Cousins. To win in a GPP, you're going to have to take someone like low, the lowest-owned Keenum, who still might find himself at 15 20% owned because of the lack of options. Yeah, and Keenum, the 49ers' defense was unspectacular last season they haven't really upgraded a ton this year from mm-hmm. what i when I'm looking at the depth chart uh so you have some room for value there as i mentioned keenum has been known to sling it around played his college ball at houston they were just a gunslinging offense he, it's not as uh 
that's not as much the case in LA because you have Todd Gurley mm-hmm. at, behind him and and running the ball, but he's a guy that can throw the ball if needed and possibly given the fact that the 49ers defense isn't that good I could see him having a decent game in that and that's what you need in some of those tournament plays to to somehow sometimes if he were to outperform Ben Roethlisberger Cousins that lower ownership sometimes mm-hmm. will benefit you. Yeah, in those that puts you ahead in those GBPs. Just a quick reminder to our listeners: Jared Goff is spe- expected to be a healthy scratch tonight. We'll see him at least in Week Two, but it'll probably be in a backup capacity here. They're still taking it easy, bringing the rookie along slowly here. But let's move on here. Uh, week Two, we're looking ahead already. There's a uh, there's a lot to uh, take note of before we go into the top tier of Week Two quarterbacks. You've got the Jets and Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Bills and Tyrod Taylor on Thursday. Thursday night. Both of these guys are were pretty underwhelming in week one here. If you're playing in any contest on any site that features the Thursday game, are you even considering either of these players? I don't think I would. I definitely am not taking Tyrod Taylor, especially with the news about Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. become potentially having some foot issues, could be could miss some time. And if he misses that game Thursday, you'll at least know, given the fact that it's Thursday, you won't have to worry about that. But it seems more than likely Watkins could miss some time, and that's really going to hurt Tyrod Taylor in that offense. Fitzpatrick maybe a little bit more of an option because he does have some good weapons there, but I'm not still I'm still not sold on him mm-hmm. against a Bills defense that's still pretty adequate compared to some of the other options that are on the board for this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's a a Monday Thursday slate where it takes tonight's two games and the Thursday night game this week, or if it's a full week two slate that does take into account the Thursday night game, I think whatever happens here, I'm going to fade it. Uh, I don't I don't like to play those full week slates. I usually like the Thursday game taken out here, but I, I think this is one to fade, especially after the week one performances here. But let's get into uh the the quarterbacks here for week two say you're playing a regular old sunday slate here the top tier of guys is drew Brees at 9200 at the giants cam newton 9000 versus san francisco so he's got a home matchup then you've got aaron Rodgers who gets a price break uh heading to minnesota because of the tough minnesota defense Rodgers, i believe was 9000 week one he's now down to 8700 is it time to buy in on Rodgers, or are you looking at the other top options here i i like Rodgers a little bit but I feel like among the top guys, the person I'm looking at, again, is Cam Newton at 9,000. He played well against Denver last week. Denver considered by most the top defense in the league, mm-hmm. or at least one of the best. And he still put up 22.2 points. He's only 300 more than Rodgers. And he's a guy that gives you, well, Rodgers did too, a little bit. He gives you a little bit on the ground. But Cam really gives you a lot more on the ground. He rushed for over 50 yards in the season opener against the Broncos, rushed for 54 and a touchdown, and those rushing touchdowns are worth two more points than the passing touchdowns. So I can see Cam Newton being worth the value a little bit more at 9000 than paying 8700 for for uh, Rodgers going into Minnesota, new stadium, the fans are going to be hyped. It's It's going to be – the defense everyone's probably gonna be pumped for that game i could see minnesota coming out and really wanting to win that game yeah. and it's sunday night it's national television yes. so it's gonna be a big deal for minnesota and their fan base they're gonna be ready to hopefully launch a new era they might see sam bradford we might see sean hill again another reason to stay tuned to rotowire.com to check on those updates here just for reference the last time rogers went to minnesota that was on uh, november 22nd of last year he was 16 for 34 212 yards two touchdowns just an 80 qbr so 
very average here. I, I think this is uh, this is probably a week to fade Rodgers. I think he plays well enough, but I think Lacey has, a, has another pretty big role, and the game won't be all that high scoring, too. I agree with your assessment, though. If you're going to go with the top tier, Chris, I think it's got to be Cam Newton just because he played so well uh, stats-wise against the uh, Denver defense, who probably has the best defense in the league. I think they're going to be the uh, – he's going to be the quarterback to target week one, the 49ers again. I think I'm going to play real close attention to the late Monday night game tonight just to see how that 49ers defense does. But uh, but I think Cam Newton's really the top guy on the slate. I mean, the Giants defense I thought looked pretty good against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys in week one here. So, I mean, Drew Brees isn't going to necessarily – I mean, the Giants – their whole offseason focus was building up their defensive secondary, whether through free agency or through the draft, using a first rounder on a guy like Eli Apple. I think the Giants defense isn't going to be the sieve that everyone has thought they have been for the past few seasons. And Drew Brees is going to have a chance. He, he'll, I'm sure he'll have 250 yards and two touchdowns, but for the top price quarterback on the slate, that's not quite enough. No, I would agree. You're looking at a a Drew Brees coming off of a huge week. That's probably a big reason why he's come up there. He does have weapons. He uh, Fleener's a little, from what I heard, still getting a little more integrated into the offense. He hasn't been mm-hmm. been able to nail it down. But really, his big weapons from week one, both Cooks and Snead, uh, but ready to go at full capacity. They, those they, guys. they were definitely out of the gates. They were strong, and it was a it was a great performance. But I th- I still feel like the Giants defense is maybe a little step up from what they faced last week possibly mm-hmm. and Most definitely and yeah and you're facing them on the road in this game and the Giants I, I just yeah I agree with you that while Breeze probably will still throw we'll get some of his it's just mm-hmm. not not worth the price of 9200 to take him especially if you're playing cash games where you don't really want to risk it he's not a guy you would want to risk it with I think this week yeah, exactly. I'm right there with you. I mean, this Giants defense, the Cowboys have so many weapons, and, and I thought Dak Prescott actually played better than, I mean, better than numbers would suggest. I just think that the drives were stalling towards the end, wasn't able to convert in the red zone, and was having a tough time. I mean, they, they settled for a lot of Dan Bailey field goals in that game. And this Giants defense, though, the most important thing, they held Des Bryant to one catch. Of course, he had the one touchdown that was overturned, and, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, he did find the, the end zone, and I believe he got over 50 yards on, on, on like 20 carries but they pretty much negated him that was not a very productive day outside of that touchdown yeah you look at that uh the offensive line for the the cowboys is considered by a lot by many to be probably the best in football and Mm -hmm. they you think they'd be able to open up some holes for ezekiel elliott to run but just uh 20 carries for 51 yards is not much and dak i mean he he did have a decent performance but 25 for 45 isn't anything spectacular 227 yards. I don't think he threw a touchdown pass in the game. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. The only touchdown was that rush. So the the while the the Giants weren't like spectacular in the contest, they did enough to hold them to field goals. Mm-hmm. And if you're not scoring touchdowns from your quarterback, especially a, a guy you're paying up with Breeze, I don't think you can afford to do that. Exactly. And this is Drew Breeze on the road as well, worth noting, a very different quarterback than Drew Breeze at home. So something to take note of here. Uh, so again, I think we can agree on Cam Newton. If you're going to pay up for quarterback, which you typically like to do in cash games, it's almost like picking your pitcher in baseball sometimes. Uh, it's good to pay up in cash games for quarterback. I think Newton's the way to go here. Now I move to the middle tier, Chris, and I really I'm just gonna come out and say that I don't see a lot that I've like liking here. You've got Andrew Luck is eighty five hundred 
at Denver. So going uh, to mile high here against the best defense in the league, that's going to be tough. And then we've got uh, Russell Wilson at 8,400. He is at L.A. And, uh, of course, he's going to be questionable due to an ankle injury here. So that's going to be tough. And he was just very limited after he suffered that ankle injury in Sunday's matchup. Then we've got Ben Roethlisberger, 8,300 versus Cincinnati. And Derek Carr, 8,300 versus Atlanta there. Uh, do you have a favorite option out of that, or are you fading that tier entirely? I am probably going to fade the tier because I like some of the options more, but if, if I'm going to choose one, I may go with Derek Carr against Atlanta. Atlanta's defense isn't that great. They gave up four touchdown passes to Jameis Winston in week one, mm-hmm. So you, and Carr looked pretty good against uh, the Saints, I believe, yes. Yeah, the, it was only one touchdown pass, uh, but that being said, he threw for a lot of yards and was able to get his team up and down the field here. If one or two of those or Latavius Murray touchdown or something goes the other way to one of the receivers here, then uh, you know they could be a, a much better statistical performance here for yeah, Derek he Carr. Th- he threw for over 300 yards in the game, so mm-hmm. he's, he's definitely uh, – got the capability and some of the weapons to do to have a good performance and he's facing a defense that that does struggle against the pass so there is a little room for value there I don't like luck at all I mean I did mention the fact that Cam Newton had a pretty decent week but but he did a lot of his damage on the ground luck isn't really as prone to doing that as much Mm -hmm. as Cam Newton obviously Cam Newton they design runs for even sometimes exactly generally the case with luck and Wilson the question marks Roethlisberger against Cincinnati I given the the price tags of these guys I don't really I think I'm going to probably fade the tier yeah. for the most part yeah Roethlisberger against Cincinnati I guess there's a chance that that game could be a little bit shootout prone so perhaps something to look at there Derek Carr probably my favorite option just because of what Atlanta allowed Jameis Winston to do I mean luck will get a decent amount of yards in this game because I think Denver Oh, this is so tough because I think Denver is going to be able to get ahead because this Indianapolis defense was terrible against Detroit. And without Vontae Davis, their secondary isn't much of a threat at all. You can attack a lot of matchups here, and Denver has the receiving weapons to attack a lot of those matchups. So I think Luck will be behind, and he'll have to throw quite a bit. But I don't know if that'll be enough. They'll let him have chunk yardage over the middle. But when it comes to actually scoring, that might be a different story. So, again, fading luck. I think Russell Wilson's price is way too high, given how much his injury limits his mobility. Roethlisberger and Carr, you can consider. Carr, you maybe give the slight edge to. uh, But overall, we want to take a look at that next year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back. And this year, it's better than ever. It's not just a new season at FanDuel, it's a new era. They've upgraded your entire experience with real improvement for everyday fans. And they believe you deserve to experience everything sports has to offer, which makes you sports rich. Try the new FanDuel now. Just pick your team, stay under the salary cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game? Play in the beginner contest to learn the ropes. If you have just a dollar, there are games for a dollar. There's 50-50 contests where the top half wins cash, or you can settle the score with a friend in FanDuel's brand new friends mode. It's season-long fantasy football with weekly teams, plus new features ensure a fair and level playing field for all. Have all the fun that football has to offer. Have all the fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. All right, Chris, we're going to return and finish up our quarterback discussion here uh, where we run through the last handful of quarterbacks here that are over $8,000, and I think we're starting to see uh, potentially a few more attractive options in that tier. We've got Carson Palmer, who is at home against Tampa Bay for 8200 Eli Manning, who is uh, also at home against the Saints. We discussed possibly fading Drew Brees earlier, but then there's the counterpart. Eli Manning is 8100 And finally, Blake Bortles, who I thought had a pretty decent game, a couple of mistakes against 
against the Packers, but gave his team a chance to win. Anyway, Bortles and the Jaguars or Jaguars head to San Diego. You can check in Bortles at 8,100. Any of those options jump out at you? I do like a couple of those options, but one of my favorite on the day is Eli Manning at 8,100 against the Saints. You can see in the last game they played that the Saints generally get into a lot of shootouts. Their defense isn't spectacular, and you're getting Eli Manning. From what I saw, I was impressed with him. Their O-line held up better than I thought they would. There were some a lot of questions surrounding that O-line coming into the game. It seemed to have held up a little better. And I Odell Beckham is still there. He didn't even do much in week one. But it looks like Victor Cruz is a little, having a little resurgence uh, in that game. And I like what I saw from Sterling Shepard. So I think they have three good receiving targets in that game. And they also have a you know decent tight end. You have Larry Donnell, Will Ty, both of those guys a little bit in, involved in the pass game. Shane Vereen involved in the passing game Two. as well. Yes, yeah, they, he, they have, he had five targets, hauled in three for twenty-three. Yeah, so I mean, you have plenty of targets around, or plenty of options around Eli Manning going into this game. And I really, uh, he's one of my favorite picks on the day at eighty-one hundred. I see plenty of room for value, and that's why I, I think I'm fading that middle tier because I, I feel like I think he could actually outperform a lot of those in that middle tier. And the fact that he's 8,100, you can afford a lot of good other uh, positions, yeah. good players to other positions when you're doing that. Yeah. And I could see a case for Blake Bortles as well mm-hmm. going into San Diego. They're without Keenan Allen now. The only question is, I mean, do they end up getting ahead enough that they just run the ball and kind of salt the clock away because it seems like San Diego Diego, struggled a lot. San Diego has a terrible run defense here. So I'm actually going to be, I know this is straight from the quarterbacks, but I know TJ Eldon didn't perform all that great against the Packers. But if Chris Ivory is out again, I will use TJ Eldon because I think the performance and the price tag will both drop a little bit. And uh, you could potentially get profit from Yeldon against one of the worst run defenses. I think, I mean, it's going to be San Diego and Cleveland kind of going head-to-head for that title all year. And the San Diego Chargers are a run defense to target. Yeah, and he's also, Yeldon is a guy that Blaine Gabbert can hit in the passing game. He's a guy that is a very good pass-catching back as well. So I would agree with you in that sense. Blake Bortles, not Blaine Gabbert, right? Oh, that my, my apologies. Yes, I'm just, Blaine Gabbert used Blaine to Gabbert, be in Jacksonville. Yeah, used to be used to be former the, the Jay Moore great Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> yes, but know. I'm sure they, the Jaguar fans are now happy to have moved on to Blake Bortles. Got to be pleased with little, that direction. Yes, the future seems bright. Yeah, in indeed. Here, so yeah, I like this middle tier a lot. I'm probably going to go after the running backs in Jacksonville before Bortles, but I could see making a case for Bortles. I mean, Allen Robinson got 15 targets in that Jacksonville game, so that's kind of a big deal there. And I mean, even okay, so Tampa Bay gave up. Uh, over 320 yards and two passing touchdowns to Matty Ice. So, I mean, Carson Palmer's a good, better quarterback than Matt Ryan, uh, and you got to love the uh, the weapons that Palmer had as the split put on display last night. So, there, there's a lot to like there. I think this this tier is uh, it's pretty reasonable overall, and I could see going with one of those guys, especially if you're fading Cam Newton and the top tier here. Let's move on. Let's wrap up here with uh, some possible tournament or some GPP plays. If you want to go for a guy cheaper than that tier three to really save some money at quarterback, who are you banking on being a solid performer? The guy I'm looking at is going against the Chicago Bears. It's in Chicago, Philadelphia, quarterback Carson Wentz. His first week was actually pretty impressive to me. Didn't turn the ball over. He did fumble a couple times. He didn't throw any interceptions. In I don't the think game. he lost the fumbles. He did. You know, there was there was that. But you know, yeah. I mean, he obviously first game, first week, he missed the the first the last three preseason games and played hadn't really had much of time with the first team offense coming into this. He's had some uh, rib issues, I believe. 
And so, so he's really still getting acclimated to the offense a little bit, but I feel like as the weeks go on here, week two still being a chance uh, against the Bears offense, he still threw for 278 yards and two touchdowns last week against the Browns, and I could see that being another big performance. The front seven for the Bears is actually pretty decent, but when I look at that secondary, there's still a lot of holes there, and I can see you have some uh, a decent amount of options. You do have to... Kyle Fuller's banged up, and speaking of the yes. secondary, that allowed uh, Will Fuller of the Texans to have a huge game. So there, there's potential for some big games given that defense in the state it's in. Yeah, I would agree with that. The, the secondary, I mean, Kyle Fuller's probably their best cornerback. I would I would say by far probably their best cornerback. Mm-hmm. And if he's out of the game, you have a lot of um, – they have multiple options in that offense. The only question is whether or not Zach Ertz plays. He's, he's kind of week-to-week right now with, I believe they said – dislocated not dislocated ribs it was something along those lines um kind of a torso upper body type injury yeah something with with his upper body it was rib displacement is what they call it so it's somewhat (laughs) dislo i don't know if difference between displacement and dislocated and and it's upper near the collarbone area so it's an injury that i haven't seen much of before so it's really tough to kind of pan out and give a timeline Ertz will be worth monitoring because he is one of wentz's more talented weapons in there Uh, i mean wentz could have had an even better game week one had matthews not dropped a couple passes matthews his best receiver finished with 115 yards and a touchdown here but only caught seven of 14 targets if he's a little bit more efficient than i think wentz will be as well yeah i would agree i mean matthews a lot of their offense seems to run through matthews he's their by far their best uh their top receiving option but even nelson aguilar can contribute a little bit you didn't get anything from him last year he got a touchdown in the first game and they have some decent some decent receiving options overall they're not a, a gigantic offense, but you even have another guy that has uh, Darren Sproles out of the backfield, another guy in the passing game that they like to use and get the ball to a lot. Mm-hmm. And he can do a lot with the ball. When you just do a dump down pass, he can take it. He can take it to the house and any play. If, if given, if the blocking's right, he's a guy that's pretty electric out of the backfield. So they have some, uh, some decent options in that offense. Mm-hmm. And given the bears, the state of the bears, uh, secondary right now I feel that Wentz could be a good option week two getting uh, he got that first game out of the way gets comfortable another week of practice under his belt mm-hmm. still a cheap price after just one week in the game so I, I could definitely see that being a good dart for tournament plays next exactly. in week two all right well I'm going to tell our listeners right away next week week two I'm going to have one Cam Newton lineup I'm going to have one Derek Carr lineup and I'm definitely going to have one Eli Manning lineup now after that I'm still a little bit undecided up in the air but if if I'm going to punt the quarterback position not typically the greatest strategy I learned my lesson with Dak Prescott week one but if I'm going to do that I'm going to have to take a little bit of a look at Trevor Simeon. I know he threw two picks, only one touchdown in the opener, but that was against a real tough defense. Trevor Simeon's going to get the Colts in this game, a Colts that defense that's not going to have Vontae Davis and is going to have a lot of his pass-catching options open and available in this game. This Colts defense was dreadful, really kind of blew that game against Detroit. So Trevor Simeon at 6,400, all he needs is 200 yards and two touchdowns, and he's hit value for you there. Another guy I like, 
man, I'm really big on Jameis Winston having a, having a big season. And he, even after the big game week one, he gets a price break because he's only 7,600 because he has to go against Arizona. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo did some decent things to Arizona. I think that's more of a product of the system and the game plan, if anything. But uh, Jameis Winston, the ownership should be low, but you get him at a low price and a player that's capable of doing big things in that Tampa Bay offense. Yeah, and that's uh, that game's inside a dome, which is more uh, helpful for quarterbacks mm-hmm. in general you yeah. don't have the wind and or not, not a huge conditions. factor in september no. because it's it's still summertime ish in a lot True. of these places so that'll be a more factor that we'll definitely dive into more as we move forward with the show throughout the season here but uh nonetheless uh, the yeah. dome can't you don't have to deal with any conditions that may arise in some of the places obviously arizona generally doesn't have a ton of weather anyway but still well uh uh, with Simeon, the only question I have is, as you mentioned earlier, do they get ahead early and uh, focus more on the run game and C.J. Anderson? That that may be an issue if you're yeah. getting ahead. I mean, I, I have enough confidence in Andrew Luck to keep them in the game, although I don't like Luck where his FanDuel price is uh, for week two. I think I have enough confidence in Luck to keep them in the game, which will at least have to keep Simeon throwing. And even if they're doing a lot with their run game, that involves some screen passes, and I think Simeon to Anderson is going to be a, a hookup we see a lot this year. And uh, as long as uh, there's some sort of throw involved in that play, Simeon will get some fantasy points. So I don't know. that That's my counter to that. But, uh, I, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, mm-hmm. as long as they can keep the game close, you can't take passing out of the game plan at all. You have to continue to move the ball as long as the game is within reach for the Colts. And Andrew Luck is a talented enough quarterback to be able to to do that. Exactly. One quick note before we sign off. RG3, 6,800. Brutal week one here, but because of the price, some people might be considering him in GPPs. Not that we're thinking of using him or would recommend him, but if he were, he may possibly have a serious shoulder injury per Adam Schefter. He's going to have an MRI on Monday here, and uh, it's all the more reason to stay tuned to rotowire.com to keep those updates. You got an update, Chris? Actually, just in Griffin's shoulder has been placed on the Browns injured reserve list due to a fractured coracoid coracoid bone one of those in his left shoulder so it looks like he's on ir and out for the season oh boy all right so chris benzine and i a few classes short of our medical degrees there can't don't know quite the physicality of that but robert griffin no longer an option can be safely dropped here in your fantasy leagues glad we could work that in here before the end it doesn't say that there's still an option. He could be on IRR eventually if they decide to injured, injured reserve designated to return, but he's going to be out for this week for sure. So it's a thing to keep in mind, but uh, he's definitely out for an extended period of time. And that leaves, I mean, that leaves Josh McCown, McCown at 6,000 flat. To I mean, starting role. I mean, he's got a home matchup against the Ravens. I mean, McCown, didn't he have a pretty big game against the Ravens last year, if I can remember correctly? I don't know. That Those are some of my days as a Browns beat writer when I was watching them. He had a, he had a nice game there. So I, I guess you never know, but when he doesn't have Josh Gordon in his lineup, I'm not really quite ready to use him. Yeah, looking back last year in Baltimore last season, he did put up uh, 457 passing yards and two touchdowns in that game. So that's maybe worth noting, but... I mean, yeah, we'll see if history repeats itself. I'm not optimistic. Yes, I would agree with that. Exactly here. Uh, Before we quick uh, wrap up here, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. If you're already a FanDuel user and still want to check out the website, just go to Rotowire.com 
rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D for a free 10-day trial. No credit card, no strings attached, uh, nothing to worry about there. Just get to use some awesome content to get your Week 2 lineups ready. Once again, for Chris Benzine, I'm Jake Latarski, the Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast brought to you by Rotowire. We'll return Tuesday with myself and John McKechnie.